Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Full 40 with Chris, Willie, and Trevor. The podcast that, you know, just had a, just had a basketball game happen. We're here immediately post-Georgetown. You're going to get a post-Georgetown reaction. Uh, fellas, how are we doing today? Georgetown Good. game shouldn't count. <laughs> we, we won the game that we were supposed to win by a lot of points, and that's good. Ken Pomp spread, baby. Beat the Ken Pomp spread. Moved up. In the Ken Pomeroy's. I have moved over in the kill shot matrix. Yeah, it moved over to the right in the kill shot matrix. That's right. Um, we moved we're, up two. We moved up two. I think two. we were okay. 33 in, in Ken Pom. I think we moved up to 31. It just hit like a couple minutes before we went live. Okay. So that's good. That's what you want. <laughs> I, I like it, doesn't hurt. Like one of our strengths yeah. for a resume is our advanced metrics. So anything that moves Ken Pomp up would theoretically move our net up. Those are good. You want to keep those high. Yep. But everything's going to come down to the next three games. Yeah. Everything. So <laughs> that, that that's what it's going to come down to. Now, reactions from this game. Justin Moore shot really well in the first half. I think that's got to be an immediate reaction. I think – I don't want to say fully back, but I feel like Justin Moore's – a lot closer than I thought he might get to. He's in position to be back. Yes. <laughs> Justin Moore's in position to be in position to be back. <laughs> God, how we've fallen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, like this, it's hard for me to take anything away from it other than like, yes, he looked like he had his legs under him this game. Um, it's kind of like when you see Hakeem Hart and other guys go off against DePaul and it's like, oh, yeah, that was cool. They can go into scoring bursts like that, but then play a real team and, you know, it's going to be totally different. But he did look like he uh, – even on his misses, he wasn't short every single time, mm-hmm. which was a good sign. But, you know, so I'm, I'm trying not to get excited about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look, I'm not sitting here saying – He's all the way fully healthy, but he's had a f- string of pretty good games to save UConn, but no one played well against UConn. Um, but he's had a pr- string of pretty good games in a row now. So I feel, I feel pretty confident. That, I feel better. Yeah. yeah. That the more that we're getting is, is certainly like, there was a moment where like, do we have to put him on a pitch count? Do we have to, you know, I feel like we're, we're beyond that. I, I, he's, he's, he's good. <laughs> um is he is he the Justin Moore that we expected when we started the season? I don't know, but but he's definitely he's definitely showing that he's got his legs under him, feels better about his game, feels more confident. His he had a drive in I think it was I think it was the first half. It might have been really in the second, but like he had three threes and then he had a good he had a drive that made me feel like oh, okay he he exploded off and like I felt like he. Like that was a, a little bit of a statement about his, his feeling about how comfortable he is on the court. That's the that's that's what I'll say. I mean, look, Georgetown sucks. It's, it's Georgetown, and and he yeah. always plays them with a little bit of extra. You know, it's the hometown team, so he always yeah. plays them with a little bit of extra juice. Um, yeah, but, Dixon went off. I you know I yeah. questioned Kyle Neptune keeping Eric Dixon on the court. Yeah, until forty yeah. seconds. So I want to call out pretty in, long for yeah. Colin O'Toole. With I think he came back on with like a minute left, um, and he yeah Kyle waited pretty long for that. Even uh, either Fanta or uh, um, Spinarco. Spinarco was like, I'm not really sure why Dixon's still out here, but uh, <laughs> you know you got one one key guy sick, the other guy with a fractured face, and it's like yeah, let's keep our most important player out there as long as possible. <laughs> um, I mean, look, whatever. No one got hurt. At least, to, at least you were aware of. Because I coming out of UConn, I thought we were healthy. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never had a fractured face before, but Bamba wasn't wearing. Not a mask. fun. Now, um, so neither have I. First of all, but um, <laughs> one of my friends is dealing with that issue right now, and uh, it's just 
pain depending on what it is, but it's just like pain where, when you touch it. Um, I guess he wasn't worried about somebody diving into him on the bench, but like who's going to wear a mask sitting on the bench? <laughs> I guess. That'd be like some real like typing in a full web address <laughs> into your browser before going to a, to a website. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I need to give the people context for this. Yeah. We're throwing Chris under the bus. Mm-hmm. Pre-show. <laughs> Chris was just going to like an NCAA, I think NCAA.com, which is also I was like, going to the net, but it was like the yeah. it was like the it was like the deeper look at the net. There's like the statistics page that actually yes. gives you the better version of the net. And so Chris is typing and he's saying what he's typing out loud and he starts HTTPS slash and then it's just the full government name of the internet. He's typing <laughs> that in. So it, when we talk about retiring, this is why it's <laughs> <laughs> fucking old, man. <laughs> it oh, was yeah. it was Chris's first time on the internet, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I um, that'll be interesting. I saw like everybody else. This it was like, oh, if Bamba plays, he'll be wearing a mask. And then I guess it's like one of those things that it's like, okay, it's Georgetown, like not going to push this. Just give him, you know, four more days. I, I, you know, if he was questionable today with playing just in a mask, I would expect him to play against Providence. But, you know, we'll never know until Saturday morning yeah. uh, when we wake up and head to the arena. Yeah. I, I don't have much else to take away. We we took care of business. That's There's not right. much more yeah. to say, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, we took care of business. That's good job, guys. Yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> Every, it was never about today. Yeah, it's never it's, about today. Yeah, it was no, always about um, the three-game stretch starting on Saturday. I don't know if you want to do awards or not. I can't think of like a particular play, but um, Dixon leading scorer tonight and against UConn, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, take the Shaq Fitman play of the week was maybe the alley oop. I don't think we've seen a whole lot. Of so <laughs> because we didn't do one last week, I want to use. Um, I wanted to give Mark the shout out for the block against um, the block against Butler, okay. and then to leading to Justin's transition three. I wanted to highlight that. If, okay. uh, I know we're late, and this isn't a real award, but. <laughs> what so what's funny is like i so i had a work thing and i wasn't able to watch like the first half of the game but i'm like box score watching and then i see alley oop to lance Ware, and i'm like wait what the hell happened here <laughs> like what's gotten into us and he went for it mark went for it in the second half the uh the show time which was show me oh, the yeah. bench time um <laughs> gotta admire it um <laughs> oh boy no. I realize got... who you're running with just bounce past the Brendan Hawson and on the on the leak and and you have a uh, a wide open transition three but um he got really... admire the uh I think he would have sat for the first half in the next game if if this was Jay Wright's team <laughs> <laughs> that was that was I, I saw that play and I was like what the fuck Mark like what are you oh, doing and funny. then I saw him on the and I was actually like <laughs> Kyle better put him on the bench for that yeah. And then I saw him on the bench. I was like, yeah, he, he deserved it. Like, <laughs> we were up big. It wasn't in question. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. But no, it, just, it was just, like, hey, let's let's chill out for a Every second. once in a while, you need the just like, all right, you calm down. Like, simmer down, guys. <laughs> like, you yeah. just need that benching. You need the Patrick Ewing. Do you practice that? <laughs> you practice that shot? When? No, you practice defense and rebounding. <laughs> That's it. It's the only thing you're allowed to do. As shots don't fall, they fall. They don't fall. Whatever. Get back. Got to get back. They got 13 points right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, the most important it's, it's, it's this a stretch. It's this stretch. That's the most important stretch of the last two years for us, frankly. I know that yeah. NIT game was pretty important to me. <laughs> um. I, I, I actually do agree with you. This, this three-game yeah. stretch is probably the three-game stretch of could be could potentially be Kyle Neptune era defining three game stretch. I mean, yeah. Like I frankly, like it's, it's weird. You go Oh, and three in this and like there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe no actions taken, but the fire's definitely under your ass. And, and, and it makes everything harder from like transfer portal to everything else. You go three, three and oh. <laughs> and it's like, 
I he he goes three and zero. He's bought himself. I mean, that <laughs> basically right. put, he, that puts us. He's bought it's bought him six years. No <laughs> but, contract extension. Yeah, no. but like that puts us pretty squarely in the tournament at that stage. Yeah, but, yeah. Right. And then and then to the point that we've been making on this podcast, it's like, hey, like after that five game losing streak, it's getting a little bleak around here to hold the locker room together and then end the way that we would have we would be if we get that three game stretch in. It's like, hey, oh, well, all right. Well, sometimes credit when credit's due, like you held on, yep. fought through some adversity and got better for it. So I don't know. Like I, I think it's got to be a, a. I hate to be cliche. It is got. We have the benefit of being fans of being able to look at it as a three game stretch. It's got to be one game at a time, uh, because you get one, and then all like if you can get this one on Saturday, you really feel like okay, I can get one of these last two. Yeah. You lose on Saturday, which is very understandable. In you know Every they're also fighting for yeah. for Providence life. Every single one of these losses in a vacuum is understandable. Yes, hundred percent. But, but in a really tough right now. Yeah, biggie yeah. standings, bubble teams, everything is is kind of uh, season defining right now. Yeah, and look, this not we have expectations for a head coach of Villanova, right? And a head coach of Villanova down the stretch of the season where the tournament's on the line is expected to win those games. Yep. Like, find a way to get your squad to win those games, right? They say, we want to be playing our best basketball at the end of the season. Well, guess what? It's the fucking end of the season. So, time's now. <laughs> um, look, uh, the I think taking it game by game, Providence, I'm, I, I got them pulled up right now. 54th in the net. So, so, one thing to say, all three of these should be quad one games. Now, at the time that they're played and at the end of the season. So, yep. like, on Selection Sunday, these should all end up being quad one games. 54th in the net right now for Providence means they have a 21-spot wiggle room for an away game to be a quad one game. So, that's the other key piece of this. Why does everyone say, oh, well, Villanova's going to even be 18 and 12 if they won all three? Well, or sorry, 19 and 12 if they won all three. 19 doesn't feel like necessarily a win. Well, guess what? You go from three quad one wins to six. And all of a sudden, it's a it's a totally diff, a total difference maker on your resume. Yep. Um, they are, in my view, I've been doing a lot of bracket work, like bubble work, I should say. I haven't focused on the top end of the bracket, but like I've been doing a lot of bubble work. I've been keeping an Excel spreadsheet together, etc. Most bracketologists have them either like 10, 11, or or first four in that realm very few people have them out right now and i don't think they should be out i think this is a team providences that's going to make the ncaa tournament they're we just talked about quad one wins they got five of them five quad one wins like almost always get you into the ncaa tournament if you're playing from a major conference especially they got 18 wins so their path to the path to 20 might be challenging but what about a mid-major like the big east I know Brian's not here <laughs> producing, but I feel like he would have wanted me to say that. Yeah, thank you. Um, but a 20-win – I think maybe like one 20-win team in, or a couple 20-win teams in Big East history like with, have ever been left out of the tournament. So this way. If it was Syracuse, everybody would be like, this is a nine seed. Yes, 100%. <laughs> 100%. So picking up a win over a team in the field also uh, – a metric that kind of gets factored in as they're getting down to the final end of the bubble. So that's, that's another reason to make it important. I mean, we played Providence once before we blew them out. There was an uncharacteristic performance for them. We, they play so much harder than they played when we played them at the Wells Fargo center a few weeks yeah. ago, but Devin Carter and, and candidly Odoro has really become a all conference type player i think first team like it's is he wild. the um is he the one that's on the uh fred van vliet uh new father bump yes he, okay, did have, yeah. he just had a child yeah, yeah. yes no, he's he's been playing lights out since yeah. the i think even the game before the one that he missed for uh for that life event but um yeah he's he's a he's, he's really good 
It's going to yeah. be a fun game. So Eric's got to have his hands full. I mean, obviously you would assume that the play is always the play when Eric's up against someone who's bigger than him, which is draw him out to the three-point line to create space down low, make, their, make the defense kind of shift and bend to us. Um, after the game that we played against them, Kim English had a really fiery press conference and had a um, – it, it was a whole thing. He basically said, I've been trying to go free-flowing offense, like principles-based, kind of like what we do. And while I love the guys on our team, they've demonstrated clearly that we need to set up some plays for them, and they've actually been running a little bit more stuff since the last time we played them and they've been better for it. Um, they've been, uh, yeah. So look, I, I don't think we need to dive too much into a preview, although I will say, I think it's worth noting that all of us will be there. Um, the three of us here on this podcast, Brian will be there. Shmoney. What's going on, Trevor? I'm just watching Max Struess, Big East legend Max Struess, I think, just hit a half-court shot to beat the Mavs. <laughs> okay. The I'm pretty sure it loose. was Struess. I can't really tell. It was a, it was either him or Niang. Yeah, no, it was Struess. <laughs> nice. Um, um, sorry. But, yeah, Mike Monigle, shout-out Shmoney. He will uh, – he'll take our uh, our fifth spot as Rob can't make it. But, um, Yeah. And so we'll be at the AMP, which is awesome because I've never been there. Have you guys – sorry. I've been at the AMP for an NCAA tournament game. I haven't been at the AMP for a Providence game. Woo-wee. One of my favorite venues in college basketball. Like the venue itself is fine. I, I love Providence fans. Like it's going – I've gone to a few games. Uh, I was at the Gillespie uh, gate like just 30. Oh, for points. real. <laughs> I was at that one and – One of the wildest, like I've been to, I would put that up there with like maybe top three atmosphere I've ever been to a college game in terms of like that game was off the walls. The Providence fans were off the walls. Like I've been to Fog and that was insane. And then like probably like our Syracuse Louisville games, like that was like really up there in terms of being insane. But like that game in Providence was, I walked away being like, I love this place. And it's a really fun place. They're going to be, it's intimate. They're going to be on top of us. It's, it's fun. The arena when I went to it, I mean, it was a sellout for the NCAA tournament. It was unfortunately a really bad game that I went and saw. It was Villanova versus St. Mary's in 2010. Oh, God. oh. it was the Omar, Omar Samman. Yeah, <laughs> and we had just squeaked, we had just squeaked out a game against Robert Morris. Like Scotty Reynolds, like willed us past Scotty. Yeah. Uh, no, who past- reminds me of Scotty Reynolds? Eric Dixon. What the fuck was that analogy? <laughs> that was so bad. Oh my god! And Wait. for context, if you didn't watch the game early on in the game, Eric Dixon's lighting up Georgetown, and John Fanta goes. So we're talking to Kyle Neptune, and just the way—and this is high praise—and just the way that Eric Dixon is able to do a lot of things in terms of scoring the basketball. Kyle Neptune told me that he reminds him of Scotty Reynolds, and I was like. What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> In what way? <laughs> oh man, I, I just I, I that's not the analogy I would have uh, real, re- real quick, I just saw I'm on the Twitter uh, Twitter.com. Um, sorry, X.com. HTTP. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just see a quote from Ed Cooley uh, post game. We should have left our sorry asses in DC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's going to take the Creighton job when Doug McDermott leaves for uh, Ohio State? Is that opening still available? He's just going to – revolving door. Just <laughs> just move around. Yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. He is uh, not having a good time. No. <laughs> no. If you would have – I mean, they just squeaked out that game. Remember Jay Wright's thing at all times is always don't mess with happy like yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so he so he fucked with happy and there's, there's uh, I've been silent. <laughs> he's uh i mean look props to him <laughs> but two and 18 two and 18 is yeah. what he's staring down the barrel of right now at, at georgetown in year one i i can't envision a world in which they view this year as a success or a step I mean, in, even a step in the right direction no jade nepp's Good player, bucket. Rowan Brumbaugh, 
fucking pissed me off in the night, but not. In yeah, the way he's, he's, he's going to be. I was just like, <laughs> he's going to be really good. Yeah, but he's going to be good. Yeah. He's definitely oh, going to be good. But I was like, you know, before the uh, double texts were handed out and um, almost mistakenly to Lance Ware, which was hysterical. Um, I was, I thought he was going to get teed up for, uh, he and Burton had to get separated before the, uh, the inbound yes. play. Yes. Um, the second I half, right? Like, I know, I know Burton. No, it, it was first half still. Um, okay. I know Burton gets a little fiery sometimes with, with like chippy guys. And I was like, Oh, this might be something to watch. And then like, before I can even finish sending, typing that text, Justin and somebody else are shoving each other off, off camera. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was an entertaining game. It was, it was a fun game. You know, it's nice, no pressure, fun, uh, beat up on Georgetown. Ass whooping. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I've been to the amp, but I've but I've never been that's where we were actually were talking about and how right. we got all the way over there. Yeah. But I but I've never been for a, a game versus Providence. So this is gonna be pretty good because I, when we bought the tickets a couple months ago, it was like we were Three we both and trending three and up. zero to yeah. start the Big East Conference. They were hot to start the Big East Conference. Tickets were expensive, and, I was, and then and then we start losing games left and right. They lose Bryce Hopkins, and I was like, "Shit, this is fucking the air it out of this." Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'm actually happy now because this game is really meaningful. Um, yeah, Providence has to feel like, even though they're probably safe from a bubble standpoint, a win down the stretch here probably does any takes any doubt out of anybody's honestly just they here's here's my proposal to you uh kim english and the province friars beat marquette you beat marquette it doesn't matter what happens on saturday for your standpoint and just yeah. like, we'll win there and then it's like cool nice little trade-off beat uconn in the final game i'll see what i care oh yeah you also have that like do yeah do it beat i UConn dare you twice. yeah beat uconn and then rush the court and then arrest everybody on the court <laughs> And then beat them again in the Big East tournament at their home arena, the Madison Square Garden. Um, Don't get me started on arresting. <laughs> so, so that's Providence. Before we move on, I don't like. Do we want to do a? Uh, do want to do our commercial break? Yeah, we'll get a little ad read, Trevor. I'm going to give you a break because it's been a Thank lot you. of you. What's up, everybody? We are fast approaching March Madness, and I want to make sure that you, your friends, and your family are all ready for that. So how do we do that? Well, we go to homefieldapparel.com and utilizing the promo code Nova Insider, you're going to be able to go buy hoodies, t-shirts, shorts, all with the newest logos and the old retro logos that you love for all your favorite schools. It can be Villanova or it could be St. John's. It could be Seton Hall. It could be Clemson. Wherever you go to school, wherever your loved ones go to school, go to homefieldapparel.com, utilize promo code Nova Insider for 15% off your first purchase. Trust me, you're not going to regret it. I regret recording that. So you did a great job. Yours is much better than mine. <laughs> mine would be great if if you could not see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean the audio. <laughs> the people who listen to this on audio, the audio different. platform. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really watch podcasts very often. I, I if I'm if I'm going to listen to something, I just you know it's I don't sit down and watch it well, like it's not, a TV show. Let's not shit on the people who are on the stream right I'm now. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not <laughs> my thing. Um, yeah. But, Everyone's got a thing. You're allowed to have yeah, a thing. Yeah. All right. Um, are we previewing Seton Hall or UConn? Are we just talking like uh, we can do a little bit, right? Not UConn. Seton Hall yeah. or Creighton. I don't think we need to pre preview, hard preview anything. No. But just the last three games, just talking about what's at stake. Hall is 61st in the net right now. Again, a 14 spot safety cushion. Uh, so I, I feel pretty good that they're um, – that they're going to be quad one at the end of the year. Yeah. They're another team that also feels very safe to make the tournament. So again, quad one win, win over a team in the field, etc. This all spells out, like lays out all the reasons why these games are so vital. Um, also right now, Seton Hall is, I have to check the latest Big East standings. They're third in the, in the Big East standings. They are, they are third, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's, it's UConn, Marquette, Seton Hall, Creighton, us after tonight, I think. We are yeah. technically in fifth, or we're tied yeah. for, with Providence for the yeah. five seed. And we get the tiebreaker because there's still uh, – there's a, that's a significance to the Providence game too, is that 
we sweep Providence, we'd, we'd own the tie break there mm -hmm. too, which might not be a great thing. Like, I don't know how I feel about being on the UConn side of this Big East tournament bracket. <laughs> um, no, no, no. We're not tied with Providence. We're, we're nine and eight. They're nine and seven. They have their game tomorrow, so we'll, I mean, they're they're at Marquette. So I mean, the graphic at the end loss. of the game tonight put us in in uh, in fifth. Okay, all right. I mean, we just we essentially have three, two like three teams. The, the next three teams we're playing, it's all like play-in games. You know, everybody yeah. whoever wins feels much better that they are stronger. They are on the right side of the bubble as to where like obviously like Creighton, it doesn't matter. Xavier, like has way more work to do to get there. St. John's probably has way more work to do to get there. So, like, it's obviously still important for those teams to win their games. But, like, here between us, Seton Hall, which I would – I think Seton Hall – I mean, Seton Hall's uh, resume and everything else isn't as strong besides beating UConn. They beat UConn um, and Marquette, didn't they? But I, literally still outside of that, it's just not as strong. <laughs> um, yeah, but – I'm just saying what the what the metrics are saying. Um, regardless – <laughs> yeah, I'll use my eyes. Um, regardless, I, I still think like I probably lean Seton Hall's more in the tournament safely than like anybody else, like of the three of us. Um, but it's just this is the time. Like you can, we just got to win. That's just what it is. <laughs> and it's put up our shut up time for the Cats. Um, it's I mean, once again, everybody we've played before, we've already gotten two wins. Now, obviously, sweeping a team is really hard. Um, we played every actually we won versus everybody we played here. Um, so we have three opportunities to sweep a team. If we go two for three, we should be in a pretty good place. If we go three for three. I mean, that's gravy. Three, for and, three is great. And we're not stressed on selection Sunday, which like there's a tiny, tiny part of me that wants to be stressed on stressed, stressed on selection Sunday. Like not like. To yeah. see where we end up in just the NIT. To, to see where we end up in the NIT. But just like the moment of like, I don't know if we're going to make it. If we win three games, I know we'll make it. Bar. I think if we, we win three games. We should have opportunity for a fourth in the uh, yeah. first, in our first round of Big East tournament. So that would get us 20, right? Yeah. If we got to the five, we would have Georgetown, right? So then that would be. I mean, as as we've seen, it would probably be a W. So, regardless, um, I don't know. It's like I wouldn't want to wish that on. I'd rather we just win everything. You know, I would rather us win the next ten games. Yeah, Three, why not? Sure, it puts us not enough. Not enough. It puts us in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I man, it's good. <laughs> I, I would take it. <laughs> it's like I'm like the uh, Kylo Ren. More, <laughs> more. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah, I think – I mean, it's just I, – I, I think Selection Sunday is going to be fun this year, and I just kind of want to be a part of it. I want to I want to be sitting there like – St. Patty's on, Day Selection Sunday. Yeah, on pins and needles, screaming at the TV when they put a UVA team that hasn't beaten anybody um, on the floor, who I also yeah. really like. I still I still like UVA, but whatever. They're not No, good. no, they can't fucking score points. Yeah. That's the point of the, the point of the fucking game. Imagine. Being a college basketball team that can't score points, God, that must be—they make our offense look good. That's <laughs> only focusing on defense and rebounding. They—they <laughs> they actually only focus on that. Yeah, um, that's Florida. Creighton is net eleven net, by the way. So that's a quad one game, even at home, and it might even be a quad one A game. Um, so, so explain what a quad one A game is. I'm just trying to figure out exactly where like I think it's 15. I think it's top 15. making stuff up. No, it's top 15, <laughs> and they actually measure that. It's actually on the committee. Okay. No, I, I believed you. I was just like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's like top 15, and then I think on the road, yeah. it's top 30. I want to say, yeah, right, right now it is. But if so, does Creighton have two games before us? That's the season finale, right? Yeah, it's a season uh, finale. They have a couple. Yeah, they have, so I think, they, they get a week the, off before they, they play. play Seton Hall and Marquette. Lose, they have Seton Hall and Marquette. Yeah, Seton Hall and Marquette. So losing to Marquette doesn't hurt you too bad. But um, yeah, I guess we'll see how that shakes out for the AP poll when uh, that comes to town. So you're aware one A is home up to fifteen, neutral twenty five, away forty. Okay, and that is on the bracket sheet. Yeah, the team sheet, and when they go to the tournament committee room, 
And that's actually a very strong suit of our resume because we have two quad one a wins being at Creighton and Carolina on the neutral. So our quad one, a it's not just that we have quad one wins, which can be like, again, it's exactly like beating Seton hall at Seton hall is a quad one win, but the NCAA committee differentiates beating Seton hall on the road versus beating Creighton on the road, which I think is good. That makes sense. Yes. Now, why isn't it just called a quad two win and you just make each, like, why do they have to one B and one A? I don't know. Well, you like to make things more difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so look, that, that illustrates all the importance. I mean, I, I think everyone's aware at this point, this whole season comes down to these last three games. Um. Reasons that we might win all these games. <laughs> I mean, Eric Dixon, Eric Dixon, Justin Moore might be back. Justin Moore could be almost in position to be back. Um, <laughs> so Brennan Hawson might get up more. What? How many shots did he take today? Like four. He might get up right. more than four shots. I mean, so that's because like and people are doing a really good job of taking away Hawson. Like we didn't talk yeah. much about the UConn game actually at all, but like. They did a fantastic job of staying attached to Hosen. And it's just like he's a red alert shooter. Everyone is attacking him and making sure he stays attached. Now, Hosen found a good way of staying involved. Like I saw, like there was like six rebounds. He was involved. He like, he still was a positive, but like, it's just, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to take, I mean, it's just going to take, literally, it's just going to take the full team playing a full 40 minutes of Villanova basketball. Defense, defense rebound again, like, Making threes. Look, like, if just... if if these guys are hitting from deep, the guy's not being Brendan Hawson. Yeah, Justin Moore's a threat from deep. Yeah. That opens up for Brendan, right? Like Eric Dixon, right? Like the two man game on the same side on the putting Hawson on the strong side. If you got more elsewhere, it helps, right? Like these things all help, right? So, you know, I'm and then Hawson's good to have out there because transition threes he can hit. Yeah. Um, so look, I think it's going to take a little bit of that. We're going to have to shoot well. This team has to shoot well down the stretch. I don't think you're going into any of these games and and hoping for not. I have zero indication to believe that they will, but <laughs> yes. The the game versus Providence. Providence plays a pretty slow slow brand of bet. So does yeah. Both teams play pretty slow from a tempo per- perspective. Providence plays a little bit faster than we do. I would imagine that we slow that game down. Seton Hall is going to be like just fo- fast forward to four minutes left in the game. It's going to be like 48-48, and we'll go from there. I mean, we match up well with all these teams. That's just like uh, we've we we, we beat, we've beaten all these teams. Like we yeah. just did. Like so, it's. I mean, it's going to come down to execution. It's going to come down to like literally a staying principle, um, and then like and avoiding. Kadari Richmond or Devin Carter going absolutely fucking yeah. ape shit. Or Trey Alexander or Yeah, right. Or Trey. Yeah. Or the, the whole team like they did versus UConn. So Yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna take just like a full team effort. I think the biggest thing is just like and I've been debating talking about this, just like we it's almost the reverse Ewing theory of like when we're, it's not, I guess it's technically Ewing theory of like when we're missing players, we play better. I feel like we're, there's less, um, like less rotation decisions Kyle has to make. We feel like there's like people know where they're at more or where they're like where they stand better. Like Justin's looks better in this situation. Uh, we looked great, great over like a six game stretch without Justin's when we beat Creighton. So it's just like, I think there's a level of like, hopefully we're getting, we find a level of comfort in our lineups, but like we've had like, even though it hasn't been like injury hasn't been like the overall like theme of the year. Like I wouldn't blame any of this on injuries. We've had like weird, just like lineup, like, Oh, Justin's out. Oh, Longino's out now. Burton's or Bombo's out. You know, it's just been like a little bit weird. Um, But I say all this to say, it's just going to, I think at the end of the day, we've called it out. You said it a bit. Eric's obviously going to be the bellwether, but like it's what does Justin bring? Mm-hmm. If Justin is, if Justin's what he was yesterday or t- today, I, f- I feel pretty good. Um, especially because like I don't, who, who knows if we have Bamba available? I'd imagine Longino will be available if it's just an illness, but like who knows what he's, what he's got? Could be the big bubble guts. 
Um, so it's just like, <laughs> I think a lot of it's just going to come down to like Justin stepping up and, hey, I mean, this is your chance, Justin, to finish off your college career. Say it's legacy time, yeah. 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 The other thing I'll just say here is I feel like it's a little bit like we have to – I hate to use the language do what we do because it's become almost like a, a it's become so cliche that it's triggering like, yeah. triggering yeah yeah but and i a lot of times it's used to talk about the defense right and the effort and the tenacity and all that other stuff attitude right but i what i mean about it is we have to get our guys on the offensive end into the positions where they excel and like it's just something where when we get out of sorts offensively, we don't do this particular thing well. We don't mm-hmm. put ourselves into efficient spots, right? We know at this point in time that Mark actually is pretty damn good about like an up fake or some type of move to break down his guy, a stop at the elbow. Sorry, I offended you, Willie. Oh no, I just hurt my toe. <laughs> <laughs> a stop at the elbow and a and like a, a a little mid-range jumper. He he's very effective at that mid-range jumper. John Longino is good at the up fake, step in past his guy and and a and a mid-range jumper, right? Moore and Hazen and Eric uh, can shoot threes. Bamba's been pretty good from three. You know, then then you have Burton who is a good cutter. Right, like, like these are the types of things that we just need to get these guys into the positions where they have high percentage shots. And like, it sounds rudimentary and simple, but like Jordan Longino backing guys down the post, like not it. Yeah, he's not a good passer out of there. He makes mistakes down there. He gets nervous with the ball down there. That's not where we. That's not where we need to be. That's literally going back to the pen game. Like right. that was that was just yeah, not a right, pocket exactly. passer. Exactly. Exactly right. Mark Mark Armstrong can't be throwing the ball fucking all over the court, right? Like like make smart decisions within the game that you and the talents that you have, right? In transition, I want Mark running as fast as he can to the fucking hoop, right? Like just go. Yep. <laughs> That's his strength. Get that done. Right? The these are the types of things that like you got to clean up if you're not good, we're not a very efficient offensive team, which means that you can't cough up turnovers like we did against UConn. You can't not get back in transition. I know that's been a, again, triggering thing, but like, it's just like these types of little things, you have to try and eliminate mistakes as opposed to like all of a sudden becoming a highlight real offensive team that we're just not, we're just yeah. not, we're never going to be that. It's clearly the case. Like we are who we are at this point. So, so, then eliminate mistakes and take as efficient shots as you possibly can. Yeah. That's how I think we're going to win two out of three. Yeah. I really agree. Uh, You said it earlier, do what we do best. Put yourself like it's, I think sometimes we complicate the game of just like put your players in position to do what they're good at. That's just what it is. Like, obviously it's, that's really a simple way of saying it, but just like put them in that position and don't ask them to do things that they're not good at and play to our strengths. And, so, and, and tell them not to do things that they're yes. not good at. <laughs> so, I mean, we do that. We, I like our defense has been consistent throughout the entire like season, honestly, Com- like outside of like Butler and Marquette. And I guess I could be St. John's like we've been, John's. Pre- we've been pretty good defensively. Like yeah, it's almost not even pretty good, like elite. Like that we've been, like in the end towards the end of Jay's tenure and everything, it was always like the offense was there, but our defense was just so porous until they really locked in on the end of the year. And now it's just like, okay, defense has always been here, but you know, we got to step it up a little bit offensively. And, and like you said, simplify it to the thing that's like, do what you're good at, give it to somebody else so he can do something that he's good at. And, you know, this is the best defensive unit that we've had since the 2018 team. Yeah. That's an actual statistical fact. <laughs> no, I believe it. Um, Wait, really? Some of it is yeah. weird. Some of it's, I think, part of it's you have four games against Georgetown and DePaul. Um, I don't know. We always have to Maryland and Memphis. Well, no, that's, I'm, I'm also thinking about that. Like, you know, and then just there were some weird games this year. That's all. Like, um, 
maybe I should, sorry, from an efficiency standpoint and a ranking standpoint relative to other teams, but the Ken Palm like adjusted defensive number is like kind of on par with a lot of those other with a lot of the good years that you remember like 22 and 20 and whatever like but but relative to the rest of the country at the 16th best adjusted defense in the country it is the it's the best highest rank that we've had on the defensive end since 2018 yeah jeez 2021 was bad i forgot how bad they were defensively <laughs> bad meaning 66 like not bad but like yeah bad. but you know that was what I was just saying. Like all season, it's like you're just trying to outscore teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the twenty the twenty two team, they got a lot better at the defensive end during the stretch. They were they they, they ended up twenty third, but they were before that yeah. tournament run. They were they were not great. They, yeah. they or that improved. was low scoring rock fights against Ohio State and Texas Tech, and you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, Houston. Michigan, yeah, whatever. Houston, that's what I Houston mean. we beat yeah. fifty to forty-four. Some shit. Um, this is a cr- outrageous to think about. I'm actually curious right now. I'm pulling the historical numbers because I was like, "Well, what was 2018 pre-tournament?" Uh, 2018 pre-tournament. Guess what number we were? Holy crap! What? Take a guess what our offense, our defensive like ranking was pre-tournament for 2018. 25. If I had to guess, it had to be, it was probably top 30, but it was probably on the low end of it, 28, 27. So I'm making sure, I want to make sure I'm reading this right. And I'm pretty sure, I'm like 98% sure I am. 63. Oh, wow. Jeez. That can't be right. Uh, I mean, I'm looking right at well. the, I'm looking at the Ken Palm data right now, and rank DE when they yeah. finish at in the top. They finished finished at eleven. That's okay. But to be, but to be, yeah. Alabama didn't score against us in the second half. Rock fight against uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Texas Tech that blew that open. Um, West uh, Virginia. I'm not yeah. I like unless the I'm like reading this wrong. I'm seeing 63. Like I'm, our offense was one, which yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm checking you. <laughs> unless, oh wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Long I, no, 22. 22. Okay. <laughs> Jesus I Christ, just, man. I was reading pure, not adjusted. It was 63 pure, not adjusted defense. So there we go. It was six. It was 22. I forgive me. Adjust the defensive efficiency was twenty. Was twenty. All right, I was closest. Yeah, you were. I was saying, I was like, that's a big jump. I don't know how we did that. No, but like, <laughs> no, no team entering the tournament yeah. ever wins yeah. unless they're like top. I was gonna say, I know we finished both. top. You know, probably top ten yeah. in both. But, jeez. So what you're saying is if our offense can get its uh, act together, we can be a historically great team like 2018. (laughs) No, what I was saying is actually don't do that. (laughs) It's on the table. All we need is to go to New York, kidnap Brunson, Arch, or Arch is no longer there, Brunson, Dante, and Hart. Arch is in Chicago now. Put fake mustaches on them. Yeah. (laughs) Let it rock. Oh dear. Um, okay. Big East bubble. Oh, we talked a little bit about yeah. Providence and Hall yeah. and and us, obviously. The only other two teams I'll just highlight here. Well, Xavier's gone. Xavier's fully off the bubble. They might be in the NIT tournament because depending on how things shake out, they get the uh the automatic, they could be an automatic bid. But the, the game that's very interesting for bubble conversations, the game that's happening tomorrow, um, is St. John's at Butler. St. John's really had fallen off um, after losing to Seton Hall. They, they won at Georgetown to kind of get their confidence back, and then they blew out Creighton after Creighton blew out UConn. So St. John's has kind of played their way all the way back into the bubble conversation in just two games. 
They go on the road to play at Butler. Both teams are forecasted out. So it's not a play in game. It's kind of like a play out game between those two. Whoever loses that game is no longer having an at large conversation. I guess in theory, unless they run all the way to the NC, the big East tournament title game, but then, but realistically they're, they're not in the conversation, the bubble at all. The loser, the winner would basically kind of be first four out kind of with us. We don't play either of those teams for the rest of the season. So they're kind of results are kind of independent of us. The only thing is, is if one of the teams grabs the last spot or us or we do or whatever, that might be the only, um, that might be the only factor to quote unquote pay attention to. But I think the way it's trending right now, we are, we're that, that result doesn't necessarily impact us other than absorbing a bubble, a, a spot on the final, a spot in the final field. So it's not like we have an interplay with those two teams to determine who's going to make it or not. Both. I asked Lucas this today, Lucas feeling is that the big East can still get up to seven teams in. So that's still in the dialogue of conversation. It's not crazy to say that. Which would be crazy right now. Five feel right now. Five feels good right now. I think a lot of people feel like five is, is pretty solid because there's a feeling that Providence and Hall have maybe not on the bubble, but have played their way into some level of comfort. If we win one of those games, we win both of those games, then we might theoretically potentially jump one of those two. I don't think we jump both, but we could jump one of those two. Um, whoever we beat, if we go one and one, maybe we jump them. But either way, the Big East feels like five is a virtual – I don't want to say virtual certainty. Four is a virtual certainty. Um, but five feels pretty solid. And then St. John's or Butler and us independently can do enough work down the stretch here to get a sixth or seventh slot. So I think issues – St. John's has good metrics. It's just interesting because like – Patino okay. wore that white suit. That, that's that's it. that in of itself is a is a win is a Q one win. Yeah, uh, it was, that was a fantastic suit. Um, I, it's just interesting because like they don't have this is their this is their resume ad win. Like this is their chance. Like this is the play out play in game. But like it's not like Seton Hall or sorry, it's not like St. John's has Connecticut coming up that they have another chance. Like St. John's has or sorry, Butler has Xavier. St. John's has. DePaul and Georgetown. So it's just like, yeah, you can add numbers to the wins, but or you can wins. or you could hurt yourself. Yeah. Or you can uh, lose everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, which one I'm begging for. But. <laughs> Look, if St. John's wins at Butler tomorrow, that they had a quad one win, so they get to three. It's not great, but it's not bad. Um they they have the marquee win with Creighton at home, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever. Um if they win that game, they're going to win the next two. So that'll push them to 11 and nine in conference, which probably puts them at least top six, top seven. And they would have, they'd be 19 and 12 entering the big East tournament. So then they would probably play one of those two teams again and get to 20 and 12. Right. So it's entirely feasible. St. John's has a path still to the five seed in the, in the big East. Um, it's entirely feasible that they that they run their record out enough with. I mean, like you're looking at it, you're like, all right, well, well there's the 20 win Big East team. <laughs> they have three, four quad one A wins. They have no, they have one bad, one considered bad loss. I, I don't, I don't know exactly who it is. Um, I forget who it is, but yeah, they would kind of, and they have good <laughs> metrics. They. They could easily play their way in. Butler is a little bit of an easier conversation because Butler's resume doesn't have a bad loss um, at all. And they have the fourth highest strength of schedule in the country. And they are, if they win, if they beat, who do they finish with? Um, they play St. John's obviously tomorrow. DePaul that would be, and Xavier. Yeah. That's a quad two game for them. Uh, and they get DePaul, so that's another win. And then it's at Xavier, or is it home? No, they're home. They're home. 
yeah. So they'd get him. I don't know if it's quad. I don't know if Xavier's a quad two or quad three at this point. But either way, at home, they either way they're like that would be another good be another solid resume. So they would get to eighteen and twelve and have a chance to win a game versus Georgetown Butler to get to nineteen and then have their chance. So it's all kind of like. The Big East is a, a big clusterfuck at the moment, but yeah. th- that St. John's Butler game is a hinge game for those teams. That's it. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing, nothing more to say about the, like that. I mean, that Butler team. I, I think if I'm sitting there, it's Butler I want to see. Um, and it, I, I just want to see Butler in the tournament. I think uh, I like how they play. I think they have. I think like between Davis, um, Brooks, and Telford, like they have, uh, they have enough to win a game. If not, like surprise another another team. So I want to see them get in. Uh, so I'd like to see Butler win out there. Um, but then again, Patino in the dance. <laughs> Patino in the dance. He's he's been in the dance recently. It's like yeah. like if he hadn't been in the dance for a long time, I'd be like, yeah, no. But like he was there like two years ago. It was just it was just last year. Yeah, year. it was last year. Yeah, yeah. With I, yeah. you know. Um, uh, I, I was looking at Butler's schedule, and then I was like, "Who, who have they played?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, they played Buffalo." Just to switch, bring this up to George Halkovich, um, <laughs> which like he's having a tough time. Um, but I will say, George, we can maybe you and I can work something out. Um, last week, I told one of my friends to bet on Buffalo to lose to Eastern Michigan, <laughs> and they won that game. So, George, I will tell my friend to bet on you every single game. You guys will go on a little run here. Let's just like let me get a little bit of a, a salary swap here. Uh, I'll, I'll keep betting on you guys to lose, and you guys will win. And then I'll get like five percent of your like five hundred thousand dollars salary, which like I would take five hundred thousand dollars, but it's not like he's getting paid that much. Interesting proposition. We'll see if we can get it. I'll I'll text him, tell him listen tonight. Yeah, check the I mean, out. I am a elite like. When I want something to happen and I bet on it, it will not happen. Like, it's just, like, a very big thing. Like, I think everyone knows I'm a big – this is a complete aside. <laughs> I think everyone knows I'm a big Dante stan. I've never bet on – I think I've told you guys this yeah. all <laughs> I have never bet on Dante in my life except for one time, which was in the playoffs versus the Heat. The day I bet on him was the day he tore his, like uh, – Foot and like was at, foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tore whatever. The day I bet on him, that happened. I was like, yeah, never again. We're not doing this. Anytime a Villanova player picks up a basketball in the NBA, I'm like, oh, I can see them getting this exact line. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So gambling companies, if you want me to do ad reads for you, just be like, hey, whatever he does, the opposite is going to happen, and your favorite player will get hurt. And just yeah. yeah. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, enough about that. Um, time for a uh, random wildcat of the week, or do we have anything else we want to talk about? Wow. 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 It is time to talk about Randy Foy. Let's go. So everybody knows Randy Foy as the uh, head of our NIL collective. That's pretty much it. <laughs> What else has he done? Yeah. What have you done for me lately, Randy? Um, no, obviously a uh, an all-time great uh, lottery pick in 2006. I did not realize that he was initially drafted by the Celtics. That was mm-hmm. uh, news to me. I, I like thought that Wikipedia was confusing him with A-Ray. Um, but, yeah, drafted by the Celtics, traded a couple times, ended up on the Timberwolves, long NBA career. Um, but before that, um, you know, just one of the all-time great Villanova Wildcats, well described as Jay Wright's favorite player. Um, that's what that generation and the previous generation all said. It was like, nobody could top Randy in Jay Wright's eyes. Um, so let's talk, uh, obviously Chris, this is more your time. Were you – was that your freshman year, his senior mm-hmm. year? My freshman year was his senior year. Yeah. yeah. And so, he is a – go ahead, Willie. No, yeah, I was just going to say, like, we're just talking about an all-timer. Like, I so when I get back to, like, my Villanova fanhood, like how I became a Villanova fan. So I, like – I mean, I grew up in Delaware. I – like, my parents didn't go to Villanova. I didn't have any – like, uh, 
any like attachment to that to it um but i just like grew up like at a young age i was like obsessed with basketball uh like alan iverson was my favorite player in the suburbs like delaware but like i live 45 minutes outside of philly so like i obsessively was a suburb and growing up you know i watched like the 2001 temple house and i loved that team uh the 2000 temple house sorry the elite 18 loved them loved marvin o'connor loved like pepin sanchez all those guys or Pepe Sanchez, yeah. Um, and then moved on to like 03 when like St. Joe's went on that run. And I loved Jameer. I loved Delonte West and all that stuff. At that same time, that season was the first time I really got into Nova. And like Randy Foy was that player for me. Where I was like, no, I love him. And then I, I was about 12 in the 03 04 season. And that's when I locked in. Like, I feel like at about 12, you kind of were like, all right, I actually have an opinion and I want I'm, this is the team, my team now. And that's what I locked it in. Like, Randy Foy was that player from Villanova who locked it in for me. Um, and then seeing his growth over the four years, seeing just the absolute monumental wins, the, uh, the adoption of the four guard system, which kind of like, I think, like, as much as Kyle was a huge part of it, Randy was also – I mean, they were all huge parts of this. Um, but, like, Randy's impact there was absolutely – Randy's massive. guarding most teams for Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's Randy, exactly and, right. yeah, Randy and Kyle just guarding <laughs> for it. Um, and it was just, like, he was uh, just, like, such a – a fucking baller. Like, there's no other way of, of describing it. Just right. like, all, all four of those guys. Yeah. We'll, we will get to all of them eventually. But, yeah, yeah just and like special group. Just such a fucking baller. And, like, to give context to this, like, Randy's our highest draft pick ever uh, at seven. Um, I'm pretty sure no one's past seven. We thought Cam was going to do it. And then that, was a whole, that was a whole separate. <laughs> that was a debacle. Yeah, that was a whole separate <laughs> thing. Um, but, like. He was that talented. He was all American. Uh, he came in the NBA. Was just like to play what eleven years in the NBA is fan like just fantastic. His impact in the college, like what he did for us, like I don't know. I always am going to look back at Randy Foy, and he's always going to be in my Mount Rushmore favorite Villanova players just because of what he meant to the program, what he meant to me, just like growing up watching basketball. It's like he was, he, yeah, Foy, Foy was the best. If we, I always talk about this when we talk about former players from this particular era, but it bears repeating every time I say it. You ask any like alum from that era or p- person who was a student in that era, and they'll put that 0506, that 040506, who's basically the same team or roughly the same team. They take that squad, and most of them will say, Yeah, I'd put them against any of our best teams ever. <laughs> and any of our best players ever. and it'll be a game and it'll yeah. be a game those guys are gonna fucking fight right and uh, yeah I, I mean 2018 right like it's, it's tough to compare it to but like but i get what they mean because the way those guys just had a knack for winning out of a depth and took the program out of a depth from a depth of losing the way they kind of came rallied rallied together dealt with absolutely devastating injuries um, to, to, to several key players throughout their time. We talked about Curtis Sumter. We talked, they are Kyle Lowry tours ACL yeah. the first day of orientation, his freshman year. Like. Yeah. Right. Tours ACL Curtis Sumter goes down with an ACL. And then again, right. Like um, Jason Frazier just wasn't the same player yeah. that he was ever intended to be. Right. And yet these guys took us so far um, on their backs. It was crazy. Look, Foy senior year was special. Um, Brian had a great – what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's the Vince McMahon team, yeah. yeah. That was, it was special because it, it felt like, hey, we started something here. And it, yeah. it, it, it really played out that way. Um, but that game versus Boston College – where he single-handedly, I mean, he scored almost every bucket down the stretch of that game. Coming into that game, it was, I'm trying to set the stage for like what it was like watching March Madness in that time frame. We beat the 16 seed, we beat the 8 seed, and then we got, we draw Boston College at that time, which if you're a recent fan, at at that time, drawing Boston College in the NCAA tournament actually meant something. Yeah, I mean that was Jared <laughs> that was Dudley. Jared, was Dudley. Yeah. Yeah. Jared yeah. Dudley, like whatever Craig, that team Craig was. Smith, like yeah, they were good. Yeah, they were. That was a team that was like a four seed that everyone thought would be a, a bracket potential bracket buster type 
type game. And they were. They were picking against us left and right in that game. We went out there and, man, fucking, like, it was a really tight, hard-fought battle. And Foy just made bucket after bucket after bucket in a really tight environment and game and got us that win, got us over that. We had made the Sweet 16 the year before, got us into the Elite Eight. Everyone ran outside on the campus. It was it was absolute chaos. At that point in time, the program hadn't been to a Final Four since 85. So making the Elite Eight was like the best it had been in uh, two decades. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so crazy, crazy to think up, about that. I just put – no, I wasn't saying, oh, my God, to that. I, I – um which wow is yes. Wow. Um, I just pulled up the game uh, recap from that. <laughs> and Randy Foy scored 23 points as the Wildcats uh, survived a nine minute stretch run without a field goal <laughs> to yeah. beat number three, Boston college. So not much changes around here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at the game log of that game. It's just, it's honestly starting from the second half. It's like, Randy Foy free throw. Randy Randy Foy three. The shocking thing to me in that is that he only had 23 and that his career high in college was 28. Like that's kind of shows how like well balanced the attack was around. Like obviously you have A-Ray out there. You have Nardi. You have Lowry. You have all these guys that are getting up shots, but it's just, it's uh, it's still kind of surprising. All these guys that were buckets and it's like he topped out at I think 28, which was against uh, UNC. Um, in the um, elite eight. Yeah. So, the, yeah. So, I mean, look, that team, and the only reason why we lost and didn't make the final four is because we ran into an absolute juggernaut team of destiny in Florida. That's the last team to win two in a row. Yeah. So, like, and that team, was, I mean, fucking, I just, you could just name, rattle off the guys on that team. Last I mean, team to win two in a row since this year's UConn team. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean that Florida team was a Noah Horford, Chris Richard, Corey Brewer, Torrey Green. Uh, stupid! It was an absurd. I think those were all team. the NBA players. Yeah, yeah. It was if if 2018 ran it back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. So, so look for that for the basketball reasons. Like that's uh, Randy Floyd was just like I don't know. He was like a good figure on campus. People like he was. He's always been a quieter guy. Yeah. He's always been a hum- more humble guy. Um, more reserved. We've had him on this podcast twice. He's he's he he's humble. He keeps to himself um to some degree. He's 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 a great guy, but he's like he's 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 reserved. Um and he's but he's but he's always been like a lead on the he, he leads with action, always been that type of person. Um, you know, I, I within within I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks of getting drafted. He already had his foundation set up. He was very invested in that from like the, from like the very beginning of it. He's socially conscious and aware, like, and he's remained, and then he's come back to the program for, for, you know, Trevor, you alluded to this before with the NIL collective and has been really passionate in pursuing it. So, uh, I mean, you look at, you look at everything that he's contributed both before, during and after and he's been just like a an exemplary uh, Villanovan. The only other thing that I'll just mention is like the oddest, interesting fact about Randy Foy, at least in my view, is the fact that his organs are totally backwards. You oh, guys, yeah, I did. Yes, remember yes. That. He's got this. <laughs> he's had this condition called like Cetus Invertus or something like that. I forget exactly exactly what it's called, but it's like his liver is on the like I don't know everyone's liver whatever. His heart's on the wrong like his heart's. No. Oh, so he has the pledge of allegiance. He goes like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. his heart's on his right side. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. How did, yeah. How, when was that like did, un, uh, revealed? Like I've never heard that. There's been several <laughs> articles over the years. It's like very funny because like every like, every few years, I'm I was sure just, that you know, is like the uh, equivalent of any time Chris or Ryan Archdiakono steps on the court and Gus Johnson's like, "Well, you know, his old man played football with Howie Long." <laughs> It's like yeah. Randy Foy's out there. Well, you know, his heart's on the right side of his chest. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Like, it, but it's like every three years, there's a new article being like, hey, Randy Foy, <laughs> how about this? Um, 
Yeah, is it October fourth, two thousand thirteen? Probably the highest article. scoring player of all time with his heart on the right side of his body. I think it might be. Nuggets guard title. Nuggets guard Randy Foy's heart is in the wrong place. <laughs> That's a pretty good headline. Um, clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. Yeah, but, you know I'm looking at Randy Foy just as an aside. I like I knew this because Randy Foy like didn't retire until like 2017, whatever. Yeah, no, he um, was uh, he was on the Nets when they were like fun right before. Yeah. Um, I just out. it just I forgot he was on the OKC team that lost to the Warriors in seven. Yeah, like I was just like that's yeah. someone. I'm like that's why <laughs> he's in. I think he's in 2K18. Yeah, like or 17. I guess he, he um, played with Kevin Durant, which I just yeah. like. I think of them as two Kevin Durant played with him. Yeah, true. Yeah, Durant was a freshman, right? The year after yeah. Randy Foy graduated. Yeah. So. Yeah, and his liver and his stomach are all in the, it's all on a different side. That's it's crazy. It's, yeah. <laughs> That's that like a weird well, Do we have I, any I, scientists on the who are listening who can chime in and let us know how that happens. Why? Why is that the case? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think now it's I have, now I have something to talk to him about next time I run back. into him. Yeah. Hey, so I heard this rumor. Can you confirm where your heart is? <laughs> but, yeah. Nicest so, guy. He lives in my uh my hometown area now so i used to see he would be at like high school basketball games and stuff uh in like around this is when he was playing in the nba but like he'd be around like summer stuff and uh have basketball camps in the area and everything like that which is pretty cool um but yeah nice guy yeah cool awesome well i think that does it for us for today um in terms of plans, we're going to be recording next Sunday. Sun- I think it's Sunday. Sunday we I think we so. agreed to Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, um, in which we will know the result of the Providence game. We'll recap um, our fun trip. Yeah, we'll recap the trip, uh, all the shenanigans that happen. Um, hopefully the shenanigans that happen with a win. Um, and after that, we will recap uh, We'll recap Providence. We'll preview. Maybe it is Monday. Whatever. It's Sunday it might be Monday. Mon- it might be Monday. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, we'll, after, at some Saturday. point, you'll get on Twitter and you'll see us be like, oh, they're on. And then you'll just join. Yeah. Uh, despite, our, despite our best bet. Does Ed make the NCAA next year? If you have a question, I don't. Took me a second. I was like, who is Ed? Oh. <laughs> uh. Cooley blows yeah, chunks. Does Ed make the NCAA next year? Uh, no. I'm going to say no. no. Barring no. a no, it's just no. He's gonna. He has a. He's rumored to have a large nil. Um, Georgetown conference. fans hate the nil. George, like donation coming this year, whatever the right word is, and he's supposed to have a bag. So, so he's he's supposedly got enough to spend. As a as a as a fan of a team that spent a lot of money in nil this year, doesn't always correlate. It doesn't always – it's exactly right. It doesn't always correlate. There's a great I, article from Jeff Goodman. Um, yeah. I want to cite him so that I don't get caught for plagiarism and wind up in prison. Um, How do you look in orange? Not as good as you will on Saturday, Chris. I am. I'm wearing the I'm wearing the orange shirt underneath my Villanova gear. But just yeah. in case I, anyone tries to throw a beer at me, I'm like, look, 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 I'm a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or do you actually want to quote recite this, Trevor? Or do you... no, no. I hope he finds me in the DMs. Okay. Um, yeah. So we will be back either Sunday or Monday. Uh, we'll recap the Providence game and then we'll look ahead, depending on what happens there, and see how we feel about finishing strong versus Seton Hall and Creighton. Uh, so thanks everybody, and as always, let's go Nova. <laughs> <laughs>